You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Uh, I just got to say, it's so good to be here, so so good to be with you. I also have to call out Craig a second, because he was doing such a great job talking about live training, and then he brings up something that puts us all in a bad mood right before I come up. He talks about all the snow we're supposed to get, so thanks, Craig. Um... I also want to say good morning to anybody who's watching online. Um, We are um, being live streamed to all of Kensington this morning, so not only northern Michigan is watching, but also downstate, and so I'd love to do something on the count of three. I'd love to just say one, two, three, we love you as loud as we can so that people who are watching at home can hear in my mic. Can we do this? Okay, let's let them know that they're loved. So on the count of three, everybody in the room is going to say this. Ready? One, two, three. Three. We love you. Cool. That's so good. I hope you could hear that online, uh, wherever you're watching from. We really do. Um, my hope is that this place, this community, would be a community that could help each and every one of us in this room um, discover a deeper walk with Jesus, that we would be filled with his love and that we would share his love with the world around us, whether it's in our marriage, our parenting, our workplace, uh, wherever we go, is that we would be filled with his love, and then we would live that out through the week. And so, you know, as Craig is talking about this, this live training, these are steps that we have in place to help uh, people around here take steps in their journey. What does it mean to think about the way God wired me, and then go and uh, be his hands and feet, be his presence in the community around us? So, Um, That's our hope, that's our desire, that's our prayer for each and every one of us. We would find a deeper walk with Jesus and then live that out through our lives. Amen? You with me? Um, I also want to mention something that I've been really excited about this week. Um, I don't know if you've been paying attention to uh, what's been happening at Asbury University in Kentucky. Um, Yeah, we can give that a hand for what God is doing there. I just... Like, I tuned in and I was watching a little bit, watching Generation Z, this generation we've been praying, uh, uh, praying for so much, uh, just have a desire and really give themselves to the living Christ, working in their midst, being filled by his love, and then sharing that in the community. And, and so, um, if you don't know what's going on, there's, there was a chapel that happened, not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before, and some kids went up to the altar, some college students, and they just started praying, and they just started seeking God, and um, all of a sudden, like, that chapel service never ended, and more and more people started going, and then people from uh, Lexington and, and around Kentucky started checking this out, entering into just worship, just humble, sincere worship, and, and then people started driving and flying in from out of state, and I have friends and pastor friends that have gone down there. Yesterday, a friend of mine was down there. They said that um, the auditorium fits about 1,200 people. There were 5,000 people on the lawn outside waiting to experience this. And um, it is led and highly attended by Generation Z, this next generation. And so I would just love for my posture, for our posture, to be a posture of prayer. We pray for whatever God is doing in hearts. Uh, my prayer is that there would be a generation of hearts that would be captivated by Jesus again. And so if you would join me, let's pray together. Lord, I don't know what you're doing uh, 
in Asbury and, and as it's been spreading to other campuses uh, throughout the region and, and across our country. Lord, just this, this emerging hunger for you. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit comes upon us, comes upon your people, comes upon your church, and fills us with your love so much that we can't help but share it with the world around us. Um, Lord, revive us as a church. And um, Lord, I just pray for the next generation. I pray for young people that are coming to encounter you in just a beautiful way and that that would be uh, manifested in the rest of their lives. And so Lord, as a church, we just pray this and everybody said, amen. Today we're kicking off um, a new series and I'm excited about this. Um, we, I gotta say one more thing. I am so thankful and so proud of our, our church community for the way that we embraced Micah 6-8, this series that we just did on justice. Um, by far, I'm not exaggerating, this was my favorite series that I've ever done as a pastor. Uh, it was challenging to me. The way that you engaged in it was, was encouraging to me. Um, there were so many nuances, like it would be easier to not talk about the work of justice, um, but we pressed in, we engaged it, we wrestled with it, and really thought about what does biblical justice mean in our lives, and what does the work of justice really look like? And so I just want to say thank you. Um, can you guys just give yourselves a hand, just the way that you're allowing God, God's word to work in you, so thank you. Um, yeah, but today we're starting a new series, and in the last series we talked about how important it is to be, and just meaningful to us, to be a Jesus-centered community, and, um, and so we, we just were praying through and thinking about, like, what is, what is the next series? Now, this is a standalone series that's unique to Traverse City. Every campus is doing their own series and what they felt God was calling them to do. For us, it was, uh, we're going to do a three-week series, and we're just going to zoom in and focus on the way of Jesus. We talk about being a Jesus-centered community. Let's talk about the way. Let's talk about the way of Jesus. So um, we're going to do that today. We're going to jump in, and today we're talking about Jesus and generosity. And so as we kind of think about this, I want you to, just in, in the background, background of your mind, just be thinking about what, what, is, what does generosity look like in my life? Um, and so before we do, um, we're going to have the ushers come up, and then we're going to dive into this topic and and what Jesus says about it. Uh, we're going to receive our offering today. And um, I'll say this later too, but like everything we do is fueled and, and is because of generosity. Look at the people who are serving today, people who give, the people who, uh, you know, you walk in and you see people dancing in Kenya, like the water that we're able to provide. It's all because of this collective generosity that we have. And so um, I just encourage you, if you uh, have never made giving a part of your faith journey, I'd encourage you to consider that prayerfully. And if you have, thank you so much. Um, if you want to give, there's different ways to give. You can text the word Kensington to the number on the screen. There's the app website. And then there's also boxes in the back here. But um, let's pray one more time. And uh, Lord, we just ask that you bless what is given today and that you multiply it. Like the loaves and fishes, like you multiply it for your purposes so that what's given is so much more than just uh, numbers, but it is an expression of our hearts in gratitude for who you are and what you've done in our lives, and that you would take that and do your kingdom work in the community around us and the world. 
Uh, so, Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I love Jesus' parables. You ever love Jesus' parables? Sometimes I think if I were to do what Jesus did when he was teaching, I would get a huge F, failing grade as a pastor. Because what he did, he'd come into a situation and then he would tell a story that was like ambiguous and hard to kind of get your, get your hands around. And so Jesus would come in and he would drop a story and then he would like leave and then all the people would be scratching their heads wondering, what the heck did he mean? You know what would happen if I did that? It's like I'd get in, I'd get in trouble if I just dropped a parable. And so one of the things that I want to do today is we just kind of consider generosity and, and some of the things that Jesus did and what Jesus said. I would love to share a Jesus story with you. You want to hear a Jesus story? All right, this one comes from Matthew 18, and I love it. I've loved it for a long time. It's challenging to me, and I just encourage that this, this speaks to you in a unique way. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like, now he, he often taught this way, the kingdom of heaven is like, he'd say this all the time. But he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him, notice the number, 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he wasn't able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, at this time, or at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay you back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. That's interesting, this 10,000 bags of gold. I was kind of looking into this. A bag of gold was equivalent to a talent, what was called a talent. Um, it was amount of, um, an amount of money. And uh, so as I was looking into this, for a normal person's wages, one talent was like 20 years worth of wages. Now, just think about this. 20 years. So if the average person might live, let's just, for easy numbers, 80 years, if the average lifespan was 80 years, that's four talents of a life's worth of wages. We're talking about 10,000 talents. This is 2,500 lifetimes worth of wages. Now, Jesus didn't, didn't tell us how he fell into debt. He didn't tell us that there was a bad roulette table nearby. Like, he didn't tell us how this happened. It's a parable, right? So he, he leaves this out, but we're wondering and scratching our head, like, how the heck is he going to pay all this back if this is 2,500 lifetimes worth of wages? And he begs. He doesn't want his kids. He doesn't want his wife. He doesn't want everything that he has to be sold. And so he begs, and the king actually feels sorry for him, and he forgives. He shows him this incredible amount of generosity. So the story goes on. But when the servant went out, so imagine, he just leaves. He's just been forgiven this incredible debt that he could have never really paid off. When the servant went out, he found one of his servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. 
his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I'll pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown in prison until he could pay the, the debt. Now, we just got done talking about 10,000 bags of gold, 10,000 talents. Now, um, a silver coin is like a, a denarii. And this was, one silver coin was considered like one day's worth of wages. So as Jesus is telling this story, there's this immense, like 2,500 lifetimes worth of wages. But then, and so he's forgiven, and then he goes out and realizes somebody owes him 100 days wages. And he refuses to forgive and show generosity to this next person. And actually, the, the person pleads, just like he pleaded, the person pleads, and then he doesn't accept it, and he actually gets him thrown in jail. Are you with me so far? Does your eyebrow go up a little bit? What the heck? That's what other servants who saw this, that was their reaction as well. And so they said, when the other, Jesus goes on, when the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that happened. Then the master called the servant in and he says, you wicked servant, I canceled the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have shown generosity to your fellow servant in the same way I have shown it to you? In anger, the master handed him over to the jailers until he should be paid back all that he owed. It's like the onlookers saw what happened. They saw that he was just shown this incredible amount of generosity and then he was put in a position to show someone else a, a, a fraction, a small portion of the same kind of generosity, but he doesn't do it. And it says people were outraged and Jesus ends this story by saying, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. Isn't that like a mic drop from Jesus? Now, it's interesting to me because you see, you see this, this connection that Jesus makes between the generosity that we show to others and the generosity that we have experienced ourselves from the Lord. He, he, he creates this connection, like our generosity should somehow be connected to and in relationship with the generosity that God has shown us. Are you with me with that? These two things go together. And, and I, I love how Jesus is referencing a, a very unique kind of generosity. It's not just scraps or leftovers. Like Jesus is referencing a profound generosity, a kingdom of God generosity that is more than, if I'm honest, more than I usually show. I love how Jesus put it. He got his disciples together. He was about to send out 12 disciples to do ministry, and part of their ministry was uh, to heal the sick and, and the diseased and to help people. And, and so right before he sends them out, he tells them something about the way they should be generous. This is what he says. He says, freely you have received freely give. Do you see the connection there? Again, there's this relationship between the generosity we show and the generosity we've been shown. 
According to Jesus, generosity in the kingdom of God is gratitude-driven. It's gratitude-driven generosity. Tell me if you're with me still. Gratitude-centered generosity. Like, we have been shown generosity, and as a result, we have gratitude for it, and so we're called to be generous with the generosity that we've been shown. And I think this is an important thing to think about as we think about generosity because uh, Jesus makes this connection over and over again. And, and as we consider the generosity that we show to others, um, that needs to come to our minds is the generosity God has shown us. I got to tell you a story about a time a couple weeks ago where I dropped the ball. And if you would just give me some grace for a second, I'm going to throw myself under the bus uh, I was in a hurry, and I had a list of things that I needed to do, and my kids were skiing at Hickory Hills, and I was fresh off my knee surgery and hobbling around and eager to get back in the world. And I show up at Hickory Hills, and the goal was I was going to pick up two of my kids and get out of there and complete my list. You ever... You know this scenario? I don't know, I mean, you know, kids, your variables might be different, but the busyness, the tasks. And so I show up and I see my little girl. And again, I'm in a hurry. And so I'm like, hey, get your boots and your skis. And she says, I let someone else borrow them. <laughs> now, the, the ski hill was closing. And I'm like, oh, now, again, I'm throwing myself under the bus. This was not like my, my like, proudest dad moment. But I'm like, oh, Violet, did somebody, like, my mind immediately goes to, she let someone else borrow her boots and her skis, and they're stolen, and the ski hill's closing, and I'm not going to be able to get out of here as quick as I wanted to. And, and so I'm like, oh, you got to go find them. And she goes, I can't. I have socks on them. I can't walk in the snow. And so I'm frantic, and I look over, and there's Jude, my, my boy, and I'm like, Jude, go find out where Violet put her boots and her skis. Like, who did she give these to? And so Jude goes out, and I'm huffing and puffing in the lodge, just like, ugh. And um, in walks a mom with her littles who attends our campus, and she says, Thank you so much. Violet let us use her boots and skis so that we could teach our kid how to ski. Violet was being generous. And I'm grumpy old dad, you know. Do situations ever happen to you like this, though, where it's like, you are in a hurry. Like sometimes I get into this mode where I'm in a hurry and I have my tasks and my list and I got to do all these things and it actually blinds me from seeing generosity when it's right in front of me. Do you ever get in a mode where it's like you are busy and you have all these things to do and, and you actually are blinded from the opportunities to be generous that present themselves to you? Do you know this? 
I know it too well. And I just think I, I just get in these modes. And one of the things that I'm so challenged by is we as the church, as followers of Jesus, we are and we should be the most generous people in the world. Because we should be so aware of and thankful for and grateful for the generosity that God has shown us in Jesus. The fact that he didn't allow us to be left to our own devices. He, he didn't leave us to have to be on this path towards spiritual death, but instead he delivered us. He took our brokenness and our sin upon his own shoulders to the point where he himself was, he was crushed on the cross resurrected and then given, he, he gave us this, his spirit so that we could experience life and not be crushed by the weight of sin. And so if anybody has the reason to be the most generous people in the world, it's the church, isn't it? We have so much to be grateful for. And so I, I, I wanna actually take a moment and acknowledge the generosity that I see in this room. We could, we could go and we could do this challenge, but I, I, I want to point out the generosity that I see in this church, in this community, this Christ-centered community, and I want to point it out because it is an expression of the generosity that we've received. You with me? And so here's a picture that I want to show, and I want to show this right out of the gate. This is, remember when we all brought bags in a couple weeks ago, last week? This is your generosity. We simply, in Traverse City, we simply said, hey, we would, like to, um, we would like to gather some supplies for Kids Hope and our jail ministry. Would you help us? And the Sunday that we announced this, the bags were gone. We didn't even have enough supplies to give you to, to get supplies. And we did this a couple Sundays. And last Sunday, these bags flooded in, and Brianna is taking uh, all her supplies to the Kids Hope, and, and Ruth is taking all her supplies to the jail ministry. And it's just an incredible amount of generosity. Downstate, they did something different. They um, did the WAVE Project, where they asked all the campuses to come and bring um, supplies for the WAVE Project. Remember, we, we watched that video a couple weeks ago, and the supplies just flooded in. Like, this is just an example of the generosity that is already here in this community. Last week, we talked about the, the um, relief efforts that we're making in Syria and Turkey connected to um, Send International. And we said, hey, we would love to raise some support to specifically help this international mission where there's just, I don't even know what the number is now. The death toll seems to be astronomical. Um, but in one weekend, all of Kensington raised $70,000 just for the sake of just mentioning this need. In one weekend. And I would say that it's because of your generosity that vehicles, mobile kitchens, hygiene units are being provided to help support volunteer rescuers who are helping take care of earthquake survivors. Like this is going to boots on the ground, helping real people in real tough situations. This is just an expression of the generosity of our community. I could talk about our guest services team. 
Last Sunday, for example, they showed up. Some of them were here before 8 o'clock. They were here at 8 o'clock. They made coffee. They circled up. They prayed for, for our church. They prayed for everybody who would be walking into this room. Then they, they made coffee. Then they served coffee. Then after the service, they served uh, walking tacos. They greeted people. They hung out. Then they, after everybody left, then they, they cleaned up, and they did it all with joy. This incredible amount of generosity. I went to print out some of my notes this morning at the printer, and I actually found something, and I stole it from Jeannie. This is Jeannie's schedule, people who are scheduled to serve today. And I want to read their first names because it simply shows the generosity that's already at work in our campus. Debbie, Andy, Karen, Cheryl, Kim, Lisa, Rob, Sarah, Connie, Ron, Rob, Bob, Dale, Kurt, Nate, Roland, Tim, Tyler, Adam, Jeff, Keith, Marcus, and Tom, Janet, Ellen, Judy, Jeannie, Lisa, Ruth, and Carl. These are people that show up, and they're just generous with their availability. They're generous with their time. It's like this is an expression of the generosity that they have received. I want to talk. Yeah, we can give them a hand. Absolutely. Talk about our K-Kids team who just show up faithfully to just serve and invest and care for the next generation. They show up and they're on a separate side of the building, so if you don't have kids, you don't always see them time to time, but there is a, a, a massive team that wants to create a culture and an environment where kids can not only learn about the love of God, but experience the love of God themselves. And they do this each and every week, and they rally together, and they, I mean, it, it, even when I get long-winded in my messages, they're just faithful. There's others who, if you walk down the K-Kids hallway, you'll, you'll notice um, every month it seems to be decorated differently. There are people, volunteers, who show up, purchase supplies, dream and envision what the hallway could look like, and then they decorate the hallway, and they just do this because they just want to create a space for people to feel welcome, for our kids to be loved on. Just another expression of generosity. Yeah, yeah. I found out last week that somebody gave somebody else a snowblower. I found uh, that there was a family who supported another family in need. Basically, they had to leave their apartment um, and because they couldn't pay the rent, and so a family from our church paid the rent and then took some of their dear, dirty clothes, went and washed them, purchased new clothes, and then gave this to the family. Like Again, it's just generosity that's at work. This stuff happens behind the scenes. It happens on Sunday morning. Like, it's just part of our culture. It's who we are. Why? Because God's been generous to us. I think about someone who recently has been having a hard time getting around, and she comes and Lately, John and Randy have helped her out of her car and helped her walk into the building. Like, just people are showing themselves, making themselves available, being generous. I think about our worship team who 
comes here to serve, and, and what you don't know is they're here also on Tuesday nights because they do a, a practice session. So they come in on Tuesday nights, and they learn the songs, and, and, and then they come here early on Sunday morning, and some of them are here as early as 7, 7.30, and then they stay till noon, and they're just generous with their time, and they're generous with their, their abilities. Can we give them a hand, too? And again, again, this isn't just about them. This is a reflection of the generosity that they've received. I could go on, man. I, I don't have a ton of time, but I could just go on and on about our breakaway leaders and how they invest in our junior high ministry and senior high ministries. I could talk about our Kids Hope volunteers who take time during their week to invest in elementary kids, just being kind of a mentor figure in their life, just, just loving the next generation, being available for the next generation. I could talk about John and Rachel Cargill, who have two little littles, and they still somehow open, open their home to junior high kids for Super Bowl parties and all these different kinds of things. Like, they're just giving, just generous. I could think of the meal trains that pop up when somebody gets sick or goes through a hard season, like over and over. I could talk about all these things, and I just want you to know we, we do this around here because we've been shown an incredible amount of generosity, God's generosity to us, that he would love us so much that he would die on our behalf. It's profound. And so I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for giving your time making yourself available, phone calls, relationally. Thank you for giving your treasures. Thank you for giving financially, whether it's tithing. Like some people, some people give to our church 10% of their income for a purpose that's so much bigger than themselves. Like thank you for your generosity. Everything that you see happen here, it's because people give. They're generous with their time, their talents, and their treasures. Another way we think of this gratitude-based generosity, um, you'll often hear us talk about open-handedness, and you might see it on the hallway when you're walking through the hallway, but like open-handedness, the idea is you don't hang on to what you receive too tightly, you don't, you don't clench it, but instead you keep your hands open because you recognize when, when you give you're also able to receive, but you receive not to take. You, re you receive to give to others what you have been given. And so you'll hear us talk about open-handedness. This simply means we, we joyfully release everything we have to the plan and purposes of God. It's the way of Jesus. Jesus once said, and I, and I love it, and I believe in it, and I actually find this quoted in psychology research when Jesus says it's more blessed to give than receive. Like it's better to give than to receive. And so for those of you that are generous, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you that practice this in your lives, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is truly better to give than receive. And maybe you're going through a season right now because I've been there, and I, I some, like some, sometimes I am there, throwing myself under the bus. Like I, sometimes I'm just in a mode where I'm stingy, and I'm clenching onto things too tightly. And I would just encourage you to give it a try. 
to give generosity a try, this, this gratitude-based generosity. And so the last thing that I want to do, I just want to point out some marks of open-handed people, marks of gratitude-driven generosity. And I put the scripture references um, up on the screen, so if you want to take a picture and actually read what I'm referencing later, uh, I don't have time to dive into the scriptures themselves, but these are marks of gratitude-driven generosity, this, this, this generosity that Jesus talked about. The first one is, is to give more than you're asked. Moses often had to tell people to stop giving because they were just so profoundly generous. People gave in response to to a need, the Corinthian church, they, didn't, they never met this group of people before, but they gave when they found out that this, this community was in need. People gave more than just their money. Marks of gratitude-driven generosity. Giving regardless of our differences. Giving to see the impossible become possible. This example um, I'm showing here is the, the child who had a couple loaves and fishes. And there were over 5,000 people that needed to be fed, and he just simply gave what was in his hand. He, he didn't really think that it was going to be able to feed the entire crowd, but that's how Jesus used it. And that's how Jesus uses our generosity. Marks of gratitude-driven generosity, we give when it doesn't make sense. And we give as an expression of the heart. And I love John 3.16 for this. For God so loved that he gave. This is an expression of our heart. We give as an expression of our heart. So God, so, for God so loved that he gave. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.